Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are the blended life, and tonight, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. We're just going in for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's usually what we do at the beginning, but who am I? I don't know. Today's a weird day. Everything's like. weird. Our whole setup's different. Everything's different, you guys. So um, we're behind gonna, the scenes. We have four topics tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about what to do with a child when the bio parent in the home is gone for okay. a period of time. Like, do you allow the step parent to step oh, we'll in, or give it to give the other bio parent for right of first refusal? Okay. Type of a thing. We're going to talk about the importance of backing your spouse, especially in front of your kids, and the consequences of not doing that. Um, how to help your your significant other? I feel like we talk a lot about the exes, mm-hmm. but how you can help your significant other accept the ex in your life. Okay, and then um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna read a, a, a email that a listener had wrote in about. Oh, it's mm. gonna be a long podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at your <laughs> stack of papers here. here um, basically, like things are great when it's just the two of them, and things are really hard with the kids. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I see you keep looking down at the monitor. The camera's up here. Oh, <laughs> hi. I don't know. It's all weird tonight. It is. Sorry. We have, um, I have cameras being professionally cleaned and other cameras doing work and different frame rates. Uh, it's just, it's a big old mess behind the scenes. It's working. It's all looking good, but it's just a different layout tonight. So yeah. Tell everyone your exciting news. What is that? What'd you get today? I'm a real boy. What did you get today, or do you not want to I say? Got, well, I got a new camera system. I don't not pe- I don't know if people would appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, if any of you are techie camera people, I got a new red 8K helium sensor. Like the excitingness. If you guys watch Netflix or you guys are into watching like TV shows and stuff like that, it's basically camera systems that they're shooting that with. But anyways, if you guys are nerds, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. We sold a car and got a camera. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. Um, So the first thing that somebody wrote in about was it's a when the bio parent's going to be gone Mm -hmm. in the house. And so their child's left behind, whether they're at work or on vacation or a short trip somewhere. um, Do you let the step parent have a crack at 
stepping in and being that parent in the home and letting that be stepchild, stepparent situation? Mm-hmm. Or do you defer to the bio parent and give them the opportunity to care for their own kid while you are gone? I think there's pros and cons to both. But what do you think? I was going to say, did you just ask yourself the question? <laughs> Started answering it. I used to struggle with this quite a bit because after my divorce, you know, it was like um, my ex would have the kids on her time, but she'd have something else to go do. And mm-hmm. she'd be like, uh, I'm going to have my friend come watch them or I'm going to have, you know, my someone, my sister watch them. Or I'm always like, wait a second, you're leaving. You're going somewhere like the kids should be mine. They are my kids, you know. Give me first crack at them, right? Like no one can parent your kids better than you. Yeah, but it was like it was right at the beginning of like the whole kids. divorce thing, and I'm like, wait, like we're sitting here fighting for custody, and you are having them your time. I'm quoting this air quotes. If you guys aren't watching this live, um, what's wrong? Audio is not good on YouTube. What it's YouTube these days. I'm sorry. Sorry, you guys, you guys our YouTube listeners. I'm gonna go hop ahead. on to Instagram. Yeah, I'm gonna fix this afterwards. I'm gonna I'm gonna take down our live versions and I'm gonna put up new versions because it did the exact same thing to us last, last week. Last week, it's just YouTube these days, you guys. Made in China, anyways. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, hop over to um, Instagram if you're able to live or. Um, but keep this playing in the background because it helps us. <laughs> <laughs> it does help us. Don't turn off YouTube. <laughs> um, but if you can't watch it, you know maybe Sorry, tomorrow if it's yeah, crazy. I know what it's doing. Anyway, right. so, so I always you used would to feel get, like yeah, I'm like you want the upset. kids, but you're gonna like pawn them off to someone else because you have something better to do. Let me have them. Now later on, as things go, and we are a blended family, they are a blended family. I'm not touchy on this situation anymore. Now, if you're gonna go out a week out of town for like a week or something, and it's like, well, I'm gonna go send the kids to my parents' house, you know, or to my sister's house, or whatever it may be, then I'm like, yeah, maybe you give the the biological parent you know first right of refusal first right of refuse refusal i can't say that word mm-hmm. today. first right of refusal and um you know but if it's just a day or you know an afternoon or an evening i'm like there's a there's a step parent in the house like that's part of being a step parent you know yeah i think that you have to define like what is the significant period of time right and i think this is a conversation you have to have with your significant other First, I mean, step parents might not want that responsibility. They might not feel comfortable. You know, it takes time to cultivate a relationship with your stepchild that you feel is. It can take time um, where you feel comfortable in doing that. Right. You know, and I think that it's something that you have to respect as the bio parent if the step parent doesn't want to. As much as you may want them to take on that role or feel, you know, like that is their job, you know, whatever pressure you put on them is your issue. You know, it's everyone step up, steps up and has their own boundaries and own limitations. And I think that that causes problems in, I think that this is the situation she was feeling was like, she didn't want to have to step up in that way she wasn't ready or didn't feel like oh so she actually wanted them to go to the bio parent yeah interesting she wanted because she just didn't feel she didn't want that responsibility and she didn't feel 
ready. Okay. And I think um, she had mentioned also, like, a break would be nice. Like, she'd do, ha, 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 you know? Yeah, but I also course, yeah. feel like she probably is looking forward to downtime. But I think that you can't punish your significant other for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your feelings are your feelings. So, you know, at least they're being talked about. At least if she's not ready, you know, she's not taking on a task that she's not up to. You know, so at least the at least the communications there. Yeah, that's a plus. Yeah, um, I, 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 gosh, I have a really hard time with this, and I always have. And if you've been a listener of ours for a while, you know, my ex feels like anyone's a better substitute than their mom. Than bio mom, you. Yeah, and right. I'm gonna argue his point because this is what I'm being told, and maybe other people of you, like other people, can relate to this, like. And, you know, um, he'd put my kids in after school care when I live one block away from the school. And so it would be no inconvenience for me to take them after school because I'm willing, available, and able to. And they could be in the care of the mom. Um, and then pickup is at my house, which is one block away from the school on the way home from work. Now, that was never an option. Um, and, you know... M- I've talked a lot to my son about this recently, actually, and to my ex about this. And basically his reasoning is that they're their own unit, their own entity, and they handle everything within that unit. So that's what bonds them. That's what makes them a family. He wants to provide for and take care of and control time when it's his time. You know, he doesn't want to rely on me. He doesn't want to depend on me. He doesn't want to have the kids. I mean, he just doesn't, he wants to handle it himself. He doesn't want to have me in the mix when my kids are with them on any reason, you know, for any reason. Now, there was a couple times where he had to leave unexpectedly and he did reach out to me. But I think that was more of like everyone else said no. It was an emergency situation. Yeah, and that was a long time ago. Um, so, I mean, I that's one side of the argument, right, is that you're a family unit and you handle everything in-house. And everyone steps up, and that's part of being a family. Um, for me, in my situation, I was like, well, no one will care for my kids better than I will care for my kids. Nobody will love my kids the way I will love my kids or watch out for their well-being. Well, no one genuinely wants your kids as much as you want your kids, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if, if, even if like, if, if bio dad isn't available, even if stepmom isn't available, allow me to like, they're my kids. They're my responsibility. I'm not going to like, I don't want to cause problems. Like, let me just be their mother when you're not there. If you're there, I'm not trying to overstep boundaries or step in. Right. But if you're not there and stepmom's not there, shouldn't, like, it's just, it, it, it blows my mind. Like I've never been able to understand or get on board with or empathize with people who just, um, when there's like a willing, able, caring, loving parent, why you would put them in like daycare or have a babysitter if you could have access. And it's part of co-parenting is helping each other out, like raising kids together. If you can't be there, and the other one can, great, problem solved. It's not like time is being taken away from you. You're not there, you know? Right. 
Hey, bud, if you're still watching this, give me a thumbs up real quick. I want you so, to check something. So, anywho, um, but I do think, like, if you said if it's a day, you know, a few hours. Right. No big deal. Overnight, I think, can be a big deal, um, like 24-hour periods. But I think that's, a situ- that's like, something you have to talk to your spouse right. about or and see what their boundaries away. are. Yeah, if you're going away for weekends. Now, uh, one thing that, um, kind of going back to the very beginning of this that I used to struggle with, too, you know, at the yeah. beginning of the divorce, is we were going through a big custody battle. And it was like splitting the time who had the time we didn't we weren't on a court custody 50 50 yet we were fighting for custody who's right. times who right and she wasn't showing up for a lot of the time you know she was having the kids again quote unquote but they were with someone else the entire time yeah and then she's trying to fight me that um they're with her this amount of time and they're yeah. with me this amount of time. Right. And at the end of the day, it's like, wait a second. No, you actually don't have the kids this amount of time. You know, so when it comes down to custody battles too, you know, it's like if you can't say you work a night job, you know, or um, you work somewhere, you work out of town, yeah, you know, and you can't physically have the kids um, like that, you know, or you, you've got other, you just have other plans. You know, you've got this new boyfriend or girlfriend and you're traveling all the time. And you're just not able to care for the kids 50% of the time, then don't fight for 50%. Don't fight for of 50% custody. of the time. Like maybe, maybe learn how to yeah. co parent a little earlier and work out that whole custody thing because at the end of the day, it, it kind of came down to money, you know? And it was like, well, I can get more child support if I have them 50% of the time. Or Divorce if I is that, a business too, you guys. Know what I mean? <laughs> so be aware it's of that. Funny. But it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. So Brooke okay, says. Good. I put on a buffer. They got the audio working again, you guys. If you're watching on Instagram, go back. Go back to YouTube, <laughs> Instagram. All right. Brooke says, I think it depends on the situation, what the kids want. I don't know. As a bonus parent, I'd like to keep them, but I'd understand if their mom wants them. Okay. So do you, you. Yeah. do you consider what the kids want? See, I always, as a stepchild myself, and having parents who both really talked poorly of each other to me, like I had both, par- I had poor parents in each area. How'd they talk about you? Badly about each other to oh. me. Did I not say that? That's I'm what just, I I'm just kidding. I was just, I was sneaking in little jokes. I was just wondering so, what they said about you. Um, oh, they don't say anything. Oh. Why do you Different want me podcast, to start crying? You guys. No, <laughs> mommy, daddy issues. <laughs> um, but you know, being a step kid and going through this, um, I think my outlook on letting kids control it's very different. I think it's very sweet to want kids to have the say and input and have their feelings be put into consideration, and that's maybe when they're older. But it's a lot of pressure to put on little kids for them to choose between mommy and daddy. It's a lot of pressure to put on kids to choose between bonus mom and step or bonus mom and bio mom. Um, it's it's also like it, it from just, the other side too. Even if even if they did have the pressure on them and they chose one way or another, it's always one of those things. As long as there's a healthy relationship, you know, there's not physical abuse or you know just the gnarly abuse you guys you you, I mean you know abuse you know what it is right it's not a bad situation it's always in our best interest in our kids best interest to encourage a good relationship with their other parent 
you know, whether they want to be with them or not, they want to be with you or not. It's always good to encourage that relationship. So when mm-hmm. they grow up, they don't have the mommy daddy issues. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> I was just you using know. my hands. I didn't mean to point at you. That's but. right. It's um, better for kids to cultivate relationships with both parents as long as they're not abusive. Um, but I just, you know, it would be, it just puts kids in a bad position to make them choose. And that's a, that's just a lot to put on their little their little hearts. It's and their also little not minds. fair to them. It's not fair it's to not them. Fair. It's not fair to you. Um, par- kids yeah. should not have to choose between their parents. Yeah. And so, and I do recognize that, you know, when, when kids are 14 in California anyway, um, they do get a say in front of the court. And I think that's horrific as well. I think that, um, I think for a kid to have to go to court and say that out loud in front of everyone is, is traumatizing. Um, unless it's like a, unless it's a, it's a toxic, bad, abusive situation and necessary, but just because, you know, there's petty issues, I just, um, long term, I think people are very short sighted when they put things on kids or ask things of kids. They don't really realize how long term the side effects are from what they're asking kids to do. Um, and so I, I get why it's like, well, what do you want to do? Um, but kids, how many times do we tell kids that we don't know what's best for them or they don't know what's best for them? Mm -hmm. Like kids would eat candy every day. If we are like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? Candy? Great. Go for it. Right. Kids aren't equipped yet mentally, emotionally to know what's in their best interest. And so to like such a kid, (laughs) but to think that kids are equipped to make those big decisions when they're young is, is basically like, Hey, have candy for dinner every night. Cause that's what you want. Um, and so you have to kind of be the parent and not also give the kids control over the situation because some kids are just manipulative and you go down that road with them and it's, you know, take, give an inch, take a mile. And then you were fighting battles. You didn't think you were going to fight of right. like, why did you let me decide last time and not this time? Yeah. You let me do this. Man, I've ran into that problem a few times. Like, yeah, you've let me do this before. You yep. let me say that before. Yep. Like, oh, gosh. We're yeah. having a good time. We're getting along then. You're behaving. Yeah. You just, you got to be careful <laughs> with what you allow. If you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. If you but get I, a, If you give a kid some candy. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes, if you guys haven't done custody agreements or been to mediation or whatever... Um, usually first right of refusal is written in a custody agreement. And that is something that's hashed out. And if Um, it's not, it can be. Yeah. If it's not, it can be. So you can always add that in like anything over a 24 hour period, but other by a parent gets first right of refusal before we go to step parent, grandma, grandpa, friend, babysitter, next door neighbor, whatever. Um, and I think that's the fair thing to do. I think that if a parent is willing to step up and they're a good, decent human being, they should be able to. Younger mama, sugar daddy. You forgot that one. What's that one? The Where the kid could go. Okay. Younger mama, sugar daddy. Number two, the importance of backing your spouse, especially in front of your kids. Yeah. The reason being, and we've kind of talked on this before. The reason being is it's just like talking bad in front of your friends about your spouse. After a while, that's who your spouse becomes to them. So if you're talking negative negatively about your children or about your spouse, 
to your children, well, all of a sudden your kids are like, well, why are you with this stupid idiot? Yeah. And they use those words. They do. I think kids, kids are so egocentric and they want to control their world and they want to make sense of their world. And so they are always testing their power slash boundaries, right? And so I think that if you, kids are wanting to hold power, they're seeking power, right? You're having fights about what you can wear to school because they want to choose. They want to wear what they want to school, pasties and a thong. And you're going to have a power struggle with that. That's what Eric wears every day. Don't make fun of me. I wore, Take I wore, your shirt off, baby. Could you, Show guess everyone. what I wore to school every day growing up? What? Shorts and a t-shirt. What do you wear every day now? <laughs> Shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm egocentrical. I got my way. <laughs> Candy for dinner, boys and girls. Yeah. So I think the biggest important the biggest point in backing your spouse in front of your kids is it shifts the power from them to the adults in the home. See, kids oftentimes, and we're going to read an email later about this very thing, kids can come between marriages, especially in blended families, and if they can get in between you guys, like if, if, you, if, they're a te- if you're a team with your child and you're not a teammate with your spouse, it's not going to work out for your marriage. And so if you're backing your child over backing your spouse, your child will realize that the power, they hold the power. Like your, relationship, your relationship with them holds the power. And they will manipulate that, use that, um, and will be disre- they won't respect the marriage. And so backing your spouse is extremely important to the alignment and adjustment of your blended family in the home. Yeah? Agreed. Do you feel like that we back each other well in our... I do. I think at the end of the day, we do. I think there... We do have a lot of divide when we have a... We have... We have, That's because we have different parenting styles. Yeah, we do. But at the end of the day, we back one another. I don't hear you bad-mouthing me. I don't bad-mouth you. We don't contradict one another. And you tell my kids something, and I tell them something else because you don't matter. If you tell if you tell my children something, it goes. And vice versa. You know, we back one another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just... Uh, it's and even backing not just like disciplinary things or rules, but even like decisions, you know, kids aren't going to understand why the parent they don't know is doing something and how they're doing it or behaving in a way. Um, and it's important you have your spouse's back. And then if you have something to say to your spouse, like say your kid does have a point and you're like, hmm, yeah, I don't know. You handle that in private behind closed doors in front with of your kid. spouse and right. not in front of your kids. Because what that does is that puts doubt in the kid's mind. That's that right. puts doubt about your judgment. That puts doubt about the step-parent's judgment. And it goes, hmm, I was, I was close. Yeah. Maybe I should try that again. Yeah. And that is just another recipe for disaster because they say you there is a chance. What's yeah. that movie? I don't know. You're saying there's a chance. I know. What Come is on. it? I don't know. I'm brain Dumb and part. dumber. Yeah. So Actually, you're one saying my- <laughs> there's a chance. She's like one in a million. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I just don't, I think it's really important that you and your spouse have that understanding off the bat that if there's something that needs to be dealt with, it's done behind closed doors because your kids will respect you both. And it helps your kids respect the other parent. You know, if you want your kids to respect the step parent in the home, if you want your step parent, if you want your spouse, the step parent to feel comfortable watching your kid while you're gone, you have to empower them to do so. You have to make them feel like it's safe to be in control. It's safe to make rules. It's safe to parent because you have their back. If you make your spouse slash step parent in the home feel like they are backed and supported, they will step up way more. They will become the the step parent you wish they would be. Well, then at that point, they're not afraid you to know? make decisions. There's not. The they're re- confident. Yeah, they're confident, and and it's just like, it's just like you know, if you teach a kid how to do something properly, and you're not around, and they have to do it, they're gonna take confidence in doing it. Yeah. You know, if if you have employees, or you are an employee, and you you know need to go on vacation, or you're gone, or um your boss is gone, whatever it may be. That's right. It's when it's your time to make the decisions, you're confident to make them or your employees are confident to make them. Yeah. And it's going to go, it's going to stick. And it's like, all right, this is a good thing. And that's how you build trust. That's how you build relationships. And that's honestly how things gain momentum, you know, because if people can trust one another and have confidence, then, you know, it's, it's easier to go to the next step. Yeah, and kids are less likely to mess with teammates. You know, taking someone on one-on-one is is doable. Taking on a powerhouse of a married couple teammate is a completely different thing. Same with affairs. If you show divide in public on social media... Oh, I see where you're going. I'm in like- your world, if you're not presenting a team to the world... It is, people will think it's okay to slide into your DMs. It's easier for an outside source to find yeah. their way. Yeah. People feel like to it's your o- source. Well, people feel like it's okay to slide into your DMs. Yeah, or they'll or get a to, little looser than they should be. Yeah, like, or, let's go have coffee. What's the problem? Like, you know, can't we poke, can be friends. Let's poke each other on Facebook. Is that still a thing? I don't think. You can, I don't know. Can you still poke one another oh, on Facebook? <laughs> I don't do like the personal Facebook thing. But you know, thing, but. Um, you know, the whole like we can be friends, but that's not their intent at all. That's just how they start. They just want to poke you in real life. So I think that, you know, presenting a united front, not only to your kids, but to the world um, makes your marriage a little bit more untouchable and a little bit harder to penetrate. <laughs> No, no pun intended. Um, from from destruction, like you know, kids kids can come between your your marriage. Never mind other people. So, I mean, I would ask you guys: Are you and your spouse, whether you're blended family or not, presenting a united, united front, front to the world? Does everyone know you're taken? Does everyone know you're you're married? You know, are you keeping conversations on the up and up? Are you, you know, do your kids see that you? What are you? What, what are you another laughing t-shirt idea? about? It could be, it could be hashtag United Front, and then you put your spouse's picture on the back. 
just kidding. That'd be terrible. So <sighs> okay. I'm getting you for Christmas this year. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas this year. Do you? No. What do you want for Christmas this year? Can you guys believe what the shit? Wow, there she goes. Christmas is like two days away. I two don't know. I can't even. I really like. Not even ready. Let's just skip it. All right. I don't really want anything for Christmas this year. Why are we talking about Christmas already? It's October. Mm. It means yeah. I have to put up lights. Well, thanks, Jess, for writing in. Um, she says that this all isn't blended family specific. My mm. husband and I have completely different parenting styles. Always have. Our biggest marriage struggle. <laughs> we know nothing about that. I don't that. know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. And it's something that you guys, you know. So here's the thing, though. Like, here's what we do. Because we're aware of it. We talk about it. And, and then we do our own thing anyway. And then we just do we're our own thing. No, you know what? We don't hang on to kidding. it. Like, we kind of had a discussion about that. Not that it, exactly. But this morning, you know, we had a discussion about our differences when we argue, not seeing eye to eye. You want to tell them a little bit about our discussion this morning? You remember facts better than I do. We had a discussion this morning. I don't remember our discussion really? this morning. No. It was kind of about us, you know, not always seeing oh. eye to eye or, you know. Like about the enemy? Yeah. Okay, so we're Christian folk, and I think Eric and I... I think the us together makes us folks. Okay. We're Christian in faith. Folks. Um, and so... With that being said, we lately have been having a lot of a really hard time communicating with each other. <laughs> she was going to say arguments. <laughs> they are, though. I mean, sometimes they are, but they don't last too long. I don't even think it's arguments. It's I, we're just not even, we're not even arguing. We're just like. Uh, I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. It's more like. I'm out of here. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Like, go. It's yeah. more like. We're just exhausted at the end of the day. We're not yeah. talking. But well to communication's been really, really difficult lately, and I've been rap. I've been like, "Why is that?" And I'm like, "We are ha- we're good humans. We love we- each other. We have good hearts. We have good intentions. We don't want harm on each other. We, we- want to support each other, right? Except for the black fist. I don't want to harm you. <laughs> um, but <laughs> stop." <laughs> Later, baby. Oh um, <laughs> you can use it later. What about a squeaky Stop. toy? Oh, beep, 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 beep. I would love it more. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, anyway, what was my point? Oh, I do remember now. So, I'm sitting here like, why are we struggling so much with this? And, you know, we, I feel like we're being called to start a blended family support group. Um, and I'm being called into service of other areas of life and I'm trying to figure out my purpose and, um, a new career path. And, you know, um, I feel like the enemy is totally trying to get a foothold in our marriage because he sees that we want to do good. We want to put good out into the world and we are trying to make people feel less alone and more embraced and accepted and heard and all these wonderful things and um, he doesn't really like that. And so I feel like it's a little bit of spiritual warfare, like trying to break up our family because we're trying to send a message about staking it out and being together and figuring out a way to not give in because 70% of all blended family marriages end in divorce. And we can do better than that. I believe we can do better than that. So I think that that, is, that was something that 
you know, I was thinking about and I'm like, I just don't, you know, and if you're not Christian, you know, I think energy, you know, it's like when you're trying to put good out there, you're always being challenged. The motion of the ocean. Yeah. And why is that? You know, there's something out there that's trying to keep negativity alive. And I think that you have to wrestle it's all with fake news. You have to wrestle with squashing it, whatever it is for you. Um, anyway, so that was that was our conversation this morning. Yeah, but it was a good conversation. It was productive because what we were doing is we were acknowledging a struggle that we were having. And we were acknowledging a downfall that we were having. And it wasn't a pretty conversation all fluffy and flowers. No. You know, but it was something like, hey, this is happening. Why is this happening? Are you happy this is happening? Am I happy this is happening? And how do we feel about this, you know? Yeah. Do I really want to kill you at the end of the day? Do you really want to kill me at the end of the day? No, do we, do we want it? Like what? That's do what we I want mean. to get divorced? Are we do we want to stay other? married? Yeah, like, do we dislike one another? No. No, and then we talked about it. It's like, no, look, at this happens. And then like 10 minutes later, we're fine with one another. We let it blow over because it wasn't that big of a deal. But the, the bottom line was, was we talked about it. We communicated about mm-hmm. it. We didn't just sweep it under the rug and wait for it to uproot again a week later or a month later. You know, we talk yeah. about it now and it's like, well, and yeah, I, we need to do something about this. Well, and I think it's like once you can put a why to what's going on or what, what you think is going on, it gives you more resolve to squash it. You know, it's like, I don't want this. Like, I don't want this. I don't. So I'm not going to participate. You know, I, I know I don't want this negativity, so I'm going to do my damnedest not to participate. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and I can't read what. Um, so Jess says what after 100%. I can't read any glasses. The computer's really far away. I made the mistake of letting people, of telling people I was lonely at mm. one point. Not good. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. That was the like the foothold of like putting out on social media. And yeah. I feel and I feel like, yeah, you can put out little things like that, but people take them out of context. You know, you write things, you've written things, and I've taken them out of context. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like blah blah blah. And you're like, it's completely not even about that. You know? Yeah. It's easy to take things out of or context is, on like, texting and social media. Listen, and, people just want to be heard. You know, if you don't feel like your spouse is hearing you, if you don't feel like your spouse is listening to you, you know, if you're hurting and you're in pain or you're upset and you can't turn to the one person who's supposed to be there for you, you know, you're, we as humans seek out connection. It is just in our, it's how we were created. It's what we need. Thank you. And when you're not getting that, you know, whether it's a stupid, you know, Facebook post or whatever, you know, you want to hurt wants to be heard. Hurt wants to be seen. You want, and you, you're like a little kid who just wants a hug. And you need a hug. I do. What's that from? Come here, Scott. Daddy loves you. Okay. Austin Powers. (laughs) Okay. So Brooks comment now. No, but anyway, yes. In one second, let me just finish this. So I think that that is a wake up call to spouses, you know, don't like check in with check in and be present, you know, don't make your spouse feel so sad. They have to reach out to social media because they will, because we all will, because we all want to be heard. We all want to feel known. 
we all want connection. And I think it's a really important thing that people do. And of course, like Jessica, like knowing her, I get why guys might have hollered if that's what happened. I totally don't know if that's what happened. But like, you know, if a hot girl, if you have a hot wife, such as her, you're a lesbian. If you have a hot wife or a hot husband and they're putting that out there on social media, I mean, people will, you know, there are people who will see that as like, oh, an opportunity to get close to someone that I've liked for a while or have found attractive or, you know, like, even if it's innocent, like, (coughs) hairball, sorry, there was this great quote, um, and I think I posted it before, but it's like affairs don't start in the bedroom, they start with conversations. And this is what the problem is with men and women being friends. Yes, it can be platonic, but more often than not, one or the other gets feelings because men and women were made for connection. Why are you doing two scissors? <laughs> oh, is that, uh, oh, yeah. Don't make fun of Jessica. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean. Connection. So, I mean, that's just that's just how we were made. And so I just think it's, you know, beware. Like having even innocent somebody reaching out and being like, are you okay? And like, oh, I'm really going through a hard time leads to, oh, I want to comfort you. In I want a hard time. I mean. Okay. So sorry, we've lost like all of our listeners. Brooke said Riley could upgrade his game right on this now. topic. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I just had to read it out loud because Riley's one of my buddies. That's Which funny. is interesting. What's interesting? Like you just met Riley for the first time three mm, weeks ago. We're buddy. We've been buddy. We've been we've been sliding each other's DMs for months now. Yes. You guys slide into each he other's was DMs lonely. way more. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell Brooke that. I'm just kidding. You would never know. Like he's 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 purely business on social media. He is. Yes. Okay. He's a metal fabricator. We totally got off topic. All right. All right. How to help your significant other accept and support your relationship with your child's other bio parent, the dreaded ex. So again, we talk about exes nauseingly, nauseatingly a lot. That was our first podcast, podcast. we ever did. But here's X the thing: Factor. it's it's a hard thing to accept, and this gentleman wrote in and I hope he's listening. Um, but he wrote in saying that, you know, they both have kids from previous relationships. So they both are, have exes. They both, you know, been down that road, but she's having a really hard, they his biggest problem right now is that she's having a hard time accepting that his ex is going to be in his life. I know someone else like that. Forever. And he's like, it's just going to be like it, the interactions are just about the kids right. and, you know, all that. But that's his biggest problem is that. And I think when somebody loves you, when you have somebody who. When you have somebody who cares and loves you, you know, there should I mean, I don't think jealousy is all bad. I think you want a little bit of jealousy. You want a little bit of, I'm going to pee on you and make you mine. Okay, sorry, R. Kelly. Later. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Like, you want someone who's a little bit possessive in a healthy way. You know, it's, you want somebody who takes note of, like, it shouldn't be like, yeah. I don't, you want somebody who cares. 
So I don't think it's all bad that she's a little bit like put off because that's a giant pill to swallow. Somebody that I just, before we deal with, I mean, of course he's right. Isn't that an Alanis Morissette song? (laughs) Of course he's right. Like bio parents are always in the picture till, you know, death. Like that's when you have kids with someone, it's, it's more bonding than a marriage certificate, truly. Um, So I just want to put that out there to start, but on her side, it is a really hard thing to know another woman that you've had a very intimate relationship with and experienced, had experiences with your, like she's had experiences with your man that you might not ever have. Like it's a, it takes a big person to be arms wide open with that. And be okay with it and not have any feelings about it. I think if you expect someone to have no feelings about that, that's kind of unreasonable and unrealistic because it's touchy. You know, it's something you know you have to accept, but do you, you know, you don't have, I I mean, I get why she might not love it. I think this is where... I think this is where... it's a male-female thing, too. No, because it it goes both ways. Um, but I think that this is where your relationship comes into play. This is where your current relationship with your spouse or your significant other has to be tested for boundaries. You know, when, when you're saying this, you know, and you're saying it's good to have a little bit of jealousy and stuff. I'm like, I don't feel any jealousy when you talk to your ex, I don't feel well, any jealous <laughs> once a year. What's there to be jealous of? Uh, no, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes I have a question about that. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. Here's an answer. Do you feel no jealousy because I'm the one that left and it was my choice? Oh, no, not a bit. Does that play Mm-mm. into it? No, I honestly like I'm very secure with our relationship. Very secure with my sexuality very secure with my manhood. <laughs> no, uh, so no, no, I mean, really, it's, it's all about a security thing. And this is my point. I'm secure in our relationship. I'm secure with you and I as husband and wife, as a partner, you know, as a team. Um, even before we were married, I was secure in you. Um, but I'm also secure in me, I think, which is the biggest part of it. If I'm secure with myself, and I'm secure that I'm not going to go cheat on you or I don't have lingering. You're not going to flirt with other girls? Yeah, I don't have lingering eyes or feelings for anyone else, you know. I think that's where it all stems from. Now, if I'm out there and I'm kind of looking around a little bit or I have other thoughts, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that this is their case. I'm saying this is me personally. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes me secure. That's like, you know what? I'm all right with what's going on. I'm all right with who you are. I'm all right with our relationship, but I'm secure with who I am. And I know I'm not going anywhere. So why would she be doing the same thing? We're in the same relationship. You're just the other half of it, right? Just the other half. That's all you are to me. Just the other half. Just the other half. <laughs> um, You know, but as you're reading this, you're talking about, her being jealous of the other woman. And I'm like, hmm, that kind of reminds me of someone. Not that you're jealous, but I feel like you aren't as secure with me co-parenting. I mean, we heard this, what, two day, two weeks ago on the podcast as we're talking about it. And I'm like, I'm going to be co-parenting. I'm going to be talking to my ex mm-hmm. 
probably for the rest of my life. And then mm-hmm. it got brought up again, like the following mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, deep down inside, it, it triggered a little something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> I was trying to get rid of her. There's no finish line. I think that right. I just had never, I had never considered that. I mean, you're right. You know, I just had never considered that. And I, like I just, we have very different relationships with our exes and our parents also and I think for me you know how because I was there when you guys are going through your divorce before we I tell this story a lot on air right but I was there I just witnessed how much you wanted your family to get I I I can't help but like I bear witness to no but it made me like this wasn't your choice Right. You didn't want divorce. You right. didn't want your family. You didn't want to leave her. You right. didn't want to not be married to her. You loved her. She's been in your life since childhood. Like you guys right. have a history that far surpasses even your marriage. You have a, a history of friendship. You have this woman has been in your life. You have cared for her and loved her on many different levels. You shared intimate stuff with her that you and I will never share. You but, have, so, so he, let me finish. No, no, no. Yeah. This is a debate. My turn. This isn't a debate. Oh. <laughs> you have a fly on your head. Um, this is, so here, so for me that informs, it just keeps my radar up a little bit. Like, you know, I did for many years wonder if she would come back and you would go because mm. you wanted that so bad. Like I never was fully secure that you were done. I can think of the moment that I was mostly secure when you were done was when, she was going to have a baby and name it like to see your face of mm-hmm. like she was pregnant mm-hmm. and then she was naming her child after your lost baby. Mm-hmm. And when I saw your face mm-hmm. and how that affected you, we were driving home from um, King of Hammers mm-hmm. when we found that out and I saw your face and that was the moment I was like, he's probably not going to go back. Really interesting. That was the moment. I don't remember that moment. I remember. I do because I felt remember like I was like, oh, okay, like he's all mine. Well, not that he's all mine, but I didn't even. I not that I even was like, because you never know someone else's heart. Right. I'm not in you. I'm not in you. (laughs) I'll never be in you. Well, (laughs) I want to be on you. But you know what I mean. Like I just didn't think that you would go back at that point. But you know, I don't know if you miss you know the thing the problem here's a problem being friends first being friends with eric first before we started being romantically involved or dating was interesting because he was going through his divorce and just through that friendship he divulged a lot about their marriage a lot about their tendencies a lot about himself you know just as friends would do like you know just Raw, Long honest. Before I showed her my tendency, <laughs> but you know, I knew a lot before. Like you probably wouldn't have told me a lot of the things I know that I can't now unknow. Um, if we were dating first, like if we had gone on a date and we were pursuing something romantic, I wouldn't know. I don't think half of the stuff I know, hmm. and some things I can't unhear, or you know, and just having that or in unseen. my head. But, like, in my situation, like, there was no playing. Like, when it was done, it was done. 
there was no back and forth or him coming back and me like questioning like, oh, I should get my family back together. Or, you know, like I was pretty right. steadfast and you never, you never had to deal with that. So shoe on the other foot, I think you might be singing a different tune a little bit about that. But, you know, I don't, I mean, who says like, do you, I mean, does your, I mean, I think these are normal, natural questions. Like, do you miss your ex? Do you wish your family was together? Do you wish you would have done something differently? These are all like honest questions. I think most people have in blended families where exes are involved. Now, a lot of times it's no, you would say no. I I don't know. It's like a real debate. You're getting way more time than me. (laughs) I always do. At the beginning of this debate, I started thinking (laughs) you should be secure in all of this because everything that you see or that you saw showed what a devoted person I was, what a devoted husband I was, what a devoted father I was, and that I was willing to work so hard with even such a beautiful woman in front of me who I could have at any point, you know what I mean? Like, Could you have any point? Was that easy? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, thanks. DMs open, boys and girls. (laughs) Um, No, but you know, like you got to see kind of truly who I was at the core of it. And when I was over, it was over, and we didn't end up getting married for years later, you know, but now you are the one who I'm married to. So you should be secure in who I am, who you are, we have a much, much, much better relationship than I ever did with my ex. So I I feel like if I could be that devoted to a relationship like that, how could you not be secure in the relationship that we have now and how devoted I am and, you know, and who I am as a husband and a father and, you know, in our relationship? Yeah. I remember you telling me that. You told me that before. Oh, old news, you guys. No, no, no. But this is to your point. Uh-huh. And it's something that has stuck with me and and helps me when I get little seeds of like, and they go away. Like I don't make problems. I'm not, I don't walk around an insecure wife by any means. But, you know, when I feel like, gosh, I wonder if he misses his family or wishes things were different, you know, and could have kept it together and, you know, whatever else. One thing you told me a long time ago was like, if I fought that hard for that marriage, Mm -hmm. imagine how much harder I would fight for you. Mm -hmm. And that has always stuck in my head, and I appreciated that. And I right. think that affirmation is something that um, helps me through because you can't fault someone for having thoughts. Well, and or, also, you know what? And like one of the really big parts of it, one of the hardest parts for me was um, the separation and loss of, uh, and the, the, the unknowing of what's going to happen with the kids and me and the kids. And that yeah. part's already done. Yeah, that was that was probably the hardest part for me. Yeah. You know, is what happens with the kids? What how do we split this 50 50? How do you know what's my time? What's her time? Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss out this much of my kids lives. You know, like that was that was the hardest pill, I think, for me to swallow. Yeah. You know, and that part's done. So, yeah. Dunzo. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to help your your girlfriend help with your girlfriend, help your partner feeling secure. I think it takes time. You know, it's time and consistency. Consistency. So I think that any hat, like if you want her to, to change her point of view or change her feeling, you have to affirm, you know, words of affirmation are super important. You have to reassure and you have to affirm and you have to give her things like Eric have given me about, you know, if I fought that hard, then 
imagine how much would I fight like that stuck with me and that helps me like I don't need to talk to him about it because every time I'm feeling this because he's already given me that in my head to hold on to and so I think that's super important and I think just you know let her see if she you know tell her hey you want to see any conversation I have feel free and mean it eventually she'll stop looking if she even does in the first place but I think just opening all communication up to her just like being able to look at it is very like calming for people it, it you know a lot of people won't even call you out on it and like yes please give me your phone but a lot of people will so be ready to do it if you open a door be ready to walk through it yeah but don't be mad that she's looking you know if no not if you give the opportunity give her the opportunity and do and like over time with consistency she will realize like oh he really isn't engaging in anything he inappropriate or it's okay. It's a safe relationship because sometimes I think it comes down to your significant other doesn't feel like this relationship is a safe relationship. Like it could take you away from her and that's the crux of the issue. And so I think that you have to have the com- the hard conversations, ask her why you may already know why, if you already know why ask her what would help. Because the reality is that your ex is going to be in your life forever. You are probably going to communicate with your ex forever. And she's either going... Forever. And it's not right for her to punish you about that or her to make you feel ashamed about that. Like at some point, you know, you're going to have to put your foot down because it just is what it is. And you shouldn't have to live miserably with that always being an issue. Your marriage can't revolve around that you have a relationship with the ex. Like that can't be a thorn in At your marriage. At the end of the day, you should have, and, and relationship's not the right word, but you should have a relationship with your ex, a co-parenting relationship, what is described here. Yeah. Talking only about the kids and being able to get along because at the end of the day, that makes everything easier for everyone. Yeah. Including so. your significant other. Yeah. So, I mean, but have those conversations and be willing to have as many conversations as she needs. You know, patience, no more time, than 14. <laughs> patience, time, consistency. It's kind of like kids. We expect kids to just adjust and we're really pissed off when they're making our lives hard in the beginning. And it takes year. It takes time. More than 14 years. <laughs> adjustment takes time. And it just really takes patience. Um, and if you throw negativity at her, it's just going to make it worse. So just be calm and consistent and do right. And that's all you can do. All right. Moving on to our last thing. Oh. Baseball dad says, not being secure in my co-parenting feels a lot like what I'm up against. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay, speak to it. Read it one more time. <laughs> I mean, read it. One, like, not really being secure in my co-parenting feels a lot like what I'm up against. Right. So one of them aren't secure in it. And it's probably stemmed from other situations, you know, and, and Co-parenting is not an easy thing. You're, it's, there's never like, you know, a big green flag. It's like you're doing the right thing, you know, with the checkered flag at the end. There's always there's no checkered fla- a flag. I've learned this. I don't like it. Right. But I've I have to accept it. So insecurities come down to communication and transparency. Transparency is a really huge deal. Right. 
Um, so. Especially because you also have to know your partner's history. You know, was she cheated on in the past? Did she come from um, parents who had affairs with each other? Like usually, you know, when you're super upset about something, it has it's deeper than just that. And so I think you have to work at like, what is the deep root issue? Where does it come from? How can I help you through this? Let me take your hand and let's get through this together. Be a team right off the bat. And I think that will help her feel like, you know, just bring her alongside help me help you. you. Oh my gosh. It's one of those nights, you guys. It's a movie night. Yeah. What, what movie was that? Help me help you. Yeah. I forget. I don't know. I'm like movie trivia is like the stupidest shit. I don't like it. What? Jerry Maguire. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Jerry Maguire. You complete Here we go, me. guys. Wait, what? I don't even remember what button You complete is. me. The stupidest quote in You're all the history of life. You complete me. Um, <laughs> Who's coming with me? Okay. Well, if you have more questions about this, feel free to write in to us. But you can't do the work for her, right? She has to change within herself. She's got to find acceptance but within you herself. Help. You can support her and you can encourage her and you can be transparent. You can do all the things, but ultimately... She has to decide to let it go. On her own time. In her own time. On her own time. On her own time. In her own time. So, and hopefully that your time matches up because sometimes that's a thing. Okay. Last thing we're going to talk about is um, I'm just going to read what this person wrote in. So. You read the whole thing? She said, No. She said, my boyfriend and I have been together for a little over a year now, and when we are alone, our relationship is absolutely fantastic. I like to note that he does try hard to make sure I'm happy, but he's also an avoider and has trouble parenting. Um, basically, my schedule with my boyfriend is Monday and Tuesday evenings after my son falls asleep and sometimes an afternoon because my son loves him. And then we get every other weekend together, mostly evening or night because we both have small businesses and usually work weekends. I also drop by to see him at work, but that's not quality time. So the big issue is his daughter. She's 10. When my boyfriend and I first started talking, she and I got along well. Then she realized what was going on. Then when she realized what was going on, she started planting herself between us whenever we were talking, doing things for attention. Basically, the picture, mini wife info attached. And yes, I heard that term on your podcast. So So did I. (laughs) In a nutshell, she's disrespectful towards me, disagrees with everything, and is always and always needs to be next to her dad. We hardly ever have a conversation in person or on the phone that isn't being listened to and chimed in on. She has a point system. So basically it says like if I'm not going to read her name, but basically like if he took her to a concert, Uh the daughter would be entitled to one too. Oh, really? So it's like a tit for tat thing. Like if he does something with his girlfriend, then he has to do it with daughter. Okay. Like a point system. Does that make sense? But I'm sure, I'm sure the way that this happens, it's really cute. It's like a cute way. And then, so he feels like his legs or his arms twisted and he's like, I got it. Let's finish, shall we? She seems to have a lot of anxiety and has to follow her dad around and know where he is in the house at all, all the time. She doesn't like to socialize. She's not very nice to others and has a big attitude. I'll stop by his business when he's working and she's there, but I won't even go in his house when she's around because of the toxicity floating around. She's very manipulative 
She's seeing a therapist, but I haven't seen much progress. I feel a lot of resentment towards her and catch myself taking that frustration out on my boyfriend. Also, kids are addicted to their phones. They swear a lot and basically have no rules or chores or anything. And even if they did, my boyfriend has a hard time making them follow those rules and set boundaries. It's so hard. Luckily, he can get his daughter to bed by 10 now, but that doesn't even allow time for us to spend a night or chat on the phone. Thinking about getting them on the same page as I am with my son makes me feel hopeless. My son and I have a strict routine. I love my boyfriend, but I want to live and but I want to live with him someday, which means all of us. Because waiting eight years is a long time, and I'd like to get married. And at that rate, it's going to be like twenty years. Sometimes I feel like I have to choose between my dream man and my dream. Help me cope. Suggestions. Hmm. As you were as you were saying all this, I'm like, I'm seeing her like stopping by at work and like little ten year old secretary is there. Like, do you have an appointment? <laughs> you know? And then Yeah. Well, like, he's a oh, listen, this is a typical acting out child for a child will act like this when they have no rules and no boundaries, right? They feel like they are the center of the universe, they can do everything. And so basically if he doesn't see there's a problem and he's allowing, like, first of all, he's allowing all this, you have no power to change it. Like, he has to first realize that this isn't right or okay or healthy or good for anyone. If he can't see that, it will never change. Right. And even or if, if he says it'll change for you, it'll happen for, like, six months and then go right back to what it yeah, was. Yeah, he's got to be willing to. He's got to be willing to put in the work, and you guys have to become a team unit yeah. and work on this together. And it has to get to the point to where, like, she has anxiety and doesn't like hanging out with others. It has to get to the point to where you should be able to come pick her up and take her places. Even if you don't want to, even if you guys aren't getting along well, the more you interact with her one-on-one without him in the picture, the more she's going to respect you, the more she's going to learn you, and the more that she's going to think of you as a parent, you know, and someone who she can trust. The less you're around her, the less she knows about you, the less she cares about you. Yeah. It's a simple science. And it takes time. I'm a scientist. You know, things would probably get much worse when you move in. Mm-hmm. Even much, much worse when you get married. Right. It, if it doesn't it, get squashed now. Yeah. And um, so you being around is helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll it'll get her to trust you and to know you and to see you. And some kids just push buttons so that they see, you know, who's going to stick it out and who's going to run away. Because they don't want to trust people who are going to run away. You know? Um, and some kids are just attention seekers and... You know, if that's been bred in them and that's been allowed, um, it's hard to change that after a decade of that being okay. Um, and I tell people, you know, if if things don't change, and this is even, let's talk about our previous question about the insecurity of the girlfriend with the ex. It, if you're going to consider being with someone forever, you have to take them as they are in that moment. So if you can't handle this daughter and father duo and his parenting, like if you can't walk down the aisle or her insecurities with your ex, if you can't deal with that the rest of your life, you know, then you need to bow out. 
Because I think a lot of people get married thinking that kids are going to grow out of it. <laughs> or or in hopes that someone's going to change. Like, listen, like a kid's stuck here. Like, a, they're going to grow up. They're going to grow out of it. Or they're going to be 18 and they'll be out of the house. But kid, kids are never gone and they may never grow out of it. Well, or you might think, well, hey, like being around will be a good influence and, you know, like definitely parent, we'll, we'll work it out. We're going to work it out later. We're going to deal with this later. You know, we'll compromise and we'll get on the same page later. Sometimes it happens, but sometimes it doesn't. So you have to kind of be willing, like, look at how it is now. If it never changes, are you going to be cool? Can you live with this the rest of your life? Because sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't change, you know? And I think that, and it doesn't change, certainly, you can't make people change. You can't. It has to be parent-led and parent-disciplined and... um yeah, what is allowed is what's going to continue. Amen. Can I press the button now? Oh. How do do you have any like how does she cope with that? Like do you what do you think she should do? Like how does she I'm assuming you guys have talked about like I'm assuming they've had conversations and if, if you, you haven't, haven't start there. Start there. Yeah. It's you know? one of those things you need to be open about your feelings about this. You need to be open about your concerns. You need to talk to him calmly, you know. It, it, you're talking about his daughter here, so it could be a little touchy. So you need to be, you know him best, you know, talk to him in a way that he's going to listen and not get offended, not get on the defense about it. But you need to really have this conversation with him and tell him your concerns. Tell him, you know, the, the great things that you see about this, but also tell him the things that, it's doing to you and how it's holding you back and how you feel um, about your relationship. You know, it's, it's, it's simple science. Yeah. And if it was just like I'm a scientist. mini, I think it goes beyond, she used the mini wife syndrome thing. Cause that's a real thing. It is. Um, apparently, but it goes beyond that. Like if there's behavior issues outside of like, they're just attached to dad or she's just attached to dad, but she's like disrespectful. She's rude. She's antisocial. She cusses a lot. She's addicted to like all those things. Take dad out of the equation. Are all those things still there? Or be, it sounds like that's you what know. she wrote. Or if those are behavioral issues, those are right. parenting issues. Right. And, um, I don't think you spending time, like her trusting you isn't going to be the problem at that point. I think that's a piece of it. I think it's a piece of it, like, the fact that she comes in between you two and always wants, like, well, you took her to a concert, so now you have to take me to a it's concert. It's a respect thing. I think that's part of it, but the other part of it is just the parenting issue. So even if you tackle the trust and you're stuck around and you guys go have fun together and you make more of an effort to connect with her one-on-one, -on -one, even if it you don't want to, I think you still have to recognize that how he's parenting is is promoting and fostering these behaviors or what he's allowing or not doing. And it's a really hard road to go down with someone when you're questioning their parenting style and taking that on because you're powerless in it. And not very many people are interested, like not very many people are open to, oh, thanks. Right. I'm totally going to change. Thank you for pointing that out. Oh, my God, I fucked up. Let me fix okay. it. I can't even bleep you out. I already have the extra gun. You know, not very many people are going to be like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'm so going to handle that. That's just, I mean, 
has any of that happened to anyone? Have you confronted anyone and they're like, oh man, I'm a horrible like, parent. I feel like, like you I do that to. every so often. Who does? Yes. Me? No. You? Yes. That you're a horrible parent? No. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching Blended Life. I will be cutting in here. <laughs> if you guys appreciate us, <laughs> give us that thumbs up. Leave us a five-star review. And if you are somebody who wrote in and you want to connect further, shoot us an email or, you know. Slide in our DMs. Slide in our DM. Yeah. Are you lonely? Sorry, um, Jessica. Now it's just going to be a thing. Oh, my gosh. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> I'm a moron sometimes. I whatever. Hey, I was going to say nothing. You did. Anyways, you guys, thank you for being here with us, helping our blended family, helping your blended family. We just, we really, like, truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. I, like, truly, I'm really excited. Like, because we truly appreciate them. Like, we were talking about it earlier. Like, this is neat hearing from people and listeners and the reviews that we get. And we just, I, I love reading them. Like, it's neat to talk with you guys. So, thank you guys. It's all about connections. Connections. Find your tribe or your scissor sister. Oh, my gosh. All right, you guys. Next Thursday, we'll see you guys at 730 Pacific Standard Time Thursday. See you guys then. Bye. Bye, you guys. Is that your happy dance? Just do not panda dance. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Don't panda dance.